you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hello, and welcome to the TS1 podcast. I'm your host, Andre Sherrard, and I have with me Juan Duque. Juan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. I have some exciting news. Yeah. We have someone joining us today. I'll let him introduce oh. himself. You guys might know who he is. Okay. Hello. Hello, boys. How are we doing? Oh. oh it's it, me. It, it's, it's you. You're back. Is it, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> we have we have the old crew back together. The tripod, the tri- tripod. Wow, the tripod, the trifecta, the dynamic trio. The band is back together. I can keep going. Aaron, man, how you doing today, man? Bro, I'm living. Uh, I like that my dog has chosen this moment in time to drink water loudly in the background. Wait, literally just as the podcast started, he just decided he was going to just start slurping water down because background noise, cool, who cares? That's hey, all- man, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. Hey, man, he, he, uh, just, he just wants to be a part I'm of the good. podcast, huh? <laughs> he just wanted to be on the podcast, man. He's, uh, he's been on our show, FIFA Showdown. Now he's trying to be on TS1 podcast. But you can't be in everything because, uh, no, man, I've been good. Wildly busy, but like in a very good way. Um, working hard, man. I, I miss you, boys. I'm, I'm excited to be on the podcast. Is excited to, to be back part of the chop pod. Y'all been holding it down, two, ten toes down, down, two feet down. Well, I guess twenty toes down, <laughs> four feet down. <laughs> but uh, it's good to be back. For sure, man. It's, well, it's good to have. We you missed back. you too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, we need that Let's third person. Let's get into it. We need that third person, man. All right, so we're going to start off with the El Clasico. It was supposed to be a decaffeinated El Clasico, but it turned out to be a more exciting one than most people expected. And I think me and Juan kind of talked about it last week, how I, I think these two teams are going to pull They're going to go out there and try to go for it. So, um, and it 2-2. Goals by... Um, Messi and Suarez and Ronaldo and Bell made it a even slate. Juan, um, how do you feel about the result? And I don't know if you were able to catch a lot of it. You probably catch the highlights and a couple of things about refereeing decisions. You can talk about that a little bit. Uh, so when we talked about it, I actually thought Real Madrid was going to lose this game three to one. So I was pleasantly surprised that they didn't. As far as the refereeing goes, look, for these games, a lot of people talk. There's so many conspiracy theories. If there's a couple of calls that don't go around Madrid's way, you live with it. I mean, I want to say I'm a, a reasonable or rational Real Madrid fan. Um, at least I'm not like the others. I'm not going to cry about the refereeing. Um, from what I understand happened in the game, look, it's Things aren't always going to go in your favor. Are you referring to the no call on Marcelo PK? That and the Suarez takedown of Iran that led up to the second goal. Look, for me, it's part of it is is it's like sweet 
sweet redemption because you hear Barca fans say that everything always falls in Real Madrid's lap and they always get the favors. This is and, true. You know, Madrid didn't. And they didn't. And so, you know, it's kind of nice to turn to Barca fans and say, well, sh shut up for once. But as a neutral, look, these are teams that are spoiled, entitled, uh, a lot of divas on the field on both sides, a lot of shit talking on both sides. And what they forget is that 99% of the time, let's be real, these guys get the calls that they want. So, look, maybe it didn't go in Real Madrid's favor, but I'll live with it because sometimes it's, it's, it's a fresh dose of your own medicine, so to speak. And it's nice that it happened in a game that didn't really matter because Barca had already won La Liga. So what did it matter? Nothing. Maybe it matters for Barca because they get to potentially have their undefeated season. But in terms of the way things will stack up in the end, who wins what, who's crowned champions where, those calls didn't change any of that. So it's, I think it's a good reminder to these players and to the fans that these teams aren't always above everything. That's just my take. Before you spit some game, Aaron, I just wanted to say you can't trust a referee called Hernandez Hernandez. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Aaron, you can go ahead, man. I love that. Um, no, I don't. I, no, I, I mean, I don't have really much like analysis to add. I, I would say, like, I, I watched the game in like a public place and like was very distracted throughout most of it. I didn't expect it to be that competitive. I expected it to be feisty, but like I didn't quite expect it to be to to go off like it did. I was pleasantly surprised. Like it was spicy. Like uh, there were some good spells of play, but like it was entertaining that there were goals. Like, I expected it to be kind of like a boring like one nil or one one, but it was spicy, man. Like they were getting after it, and I I had a good time watching like the parts. I I would say I saw I took in probably. 65% of it, but it was enjoyable. And, like, uh, I was out at, like, a La Liga event, um, and, like, the crowd was really, really into it. And, like, it was, it was, I typically don't enjoy watching games in public, but it was fun. Like, the vibe was very game, I think, really, like, is what made that happen. Like, the, the game was just a good vibe, and, like, it was high energy. Yeah. The one thing I'll throw in there about this game is that I think Gareth Bale tried to earn himself a few extra million dollars in wherever his next contract is with whoever he signs. Yeah, I mean, he was... Who do you think he's going? Where do you think he's going? Ooh. Man, I, I think he's going back to England. England? Where that shapes up to be, I don't know. My initial guess was always Manchester United. I'm not convinced it would be Manchester United anymore, but I think he's going back to England. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Man U. Yeah, man. But I think I, I think his display was kind of like, look, I still have some juice in the tank. Maybe throw a you know cool extra twenty million dollars into whatever contract I get. Yeah, I, I think I think he could possibly go to Chelsea. Um, he was in London with Tottenham. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a rivalry there that he might not, you know, might be not keen on. But they'll have the money, and I'm sure Hazard probably wants to go the other way anyway. So, 
that might get a little wink wink swip swap there. Um, but I'm glad you brought him up. I'm glad you brought Gareth up, Juan. At times he looked out of control, but he was still working. And he still made the runs, tracked back, even though some of even though some of the fouls were wild and could have easily maybe have got him sent off, especially that in TT play. Um, where he put his studs against his his calf area, but I thought he was he was doing things to try to get involved. He didn't look invisible like he has in a previous couple of months, and I'm I'm glad he got the goal because I think he made a run similar to that that led to that actually led to Barca's goal, where Asensio decided to go go for goal by himself when if he would have just if he would just made two ball pass. Gareth was in. He was in, but I guess they didn't trust him. Barcelona went back the other way controversially, but they went back the other way, scored the goal to give him 2-1 up, but the Welshman came up and equalized and got the one point for Real Madrid. In general for this game, I'm just glad that, you know, this game is never dull. Like, you see with most other games, even in England, and even with some of the games with Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, or Barcelona and Atletico, those games could get dull. But these games, th- there rarely is a time where you look at it as like, man, I, I could have done without this game. Whether they're trying to fight each other, whether it is highly skilled play, whether it's all those things. And there's really never a dull moment in any of these games. And so, I mean, I think that's the thing that we have to appreciate. You know, during those Mourinho and Pep errors, we were seeing Barcelona Real Madrid like five, six times a year almost, and it was kind of getting dull. But having these games back to where at least just two times a year, I, I think it's refreshing. And I think that whenever these two teams show up, you gotta watch. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Is like for me, I did get sick of seeing them over and over and over again. Especially, you know, if it's one like Real Madrid, because I got sick of them being beating my team and then play all the time. <laughs> uh, I just got tired of it. <laughs> I don't want to see these niggas play. <laughs> um, but you know, with Gareth Bale, though, specifically to that point, I think there's another name to consider. Bayern Munich is a possibility, I think. Uh, I think Chelsea is definitely a good shout. I think United is a good shout, especially if they make the, in my opinion, mistake of selling Anthony Martial. I think they, they might look in the bail direction. But I think Bayern Munich is a, is a is on the on the horizon, on the peripheral. Uh, they, they've been pretty good at doing business between each other. I could see a little fella named Robert Lewandowski going the opposite way. Uh, so I think uh, I would I wouldn't take that one to the list for Gareth Bale. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially, I mean, I guess their medical team. Well, their medical team hasn't been good because Robin keeps on getting injured. But um, yeah, I mean, he's Bale's twenty eight, twenty nine, and but at least you got guys like Ribery and Robin still playing until their mid thirties. So yeah, it's possible that. Yeah. I was- I don't know if anyone could stop Robin from being in 
Nah, nah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, uh, maybe that's not the case, but Gareth Bale's pretty injury-prone himself. So. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And at 28, 29, this guy is light years younger than Ribery. I mean, he's. it's funny. I don't think of Bale as a young guy anymore, but when you look at Bayern, he'd be some welcome youth running <laughs> to that team. This is true. This is true. Um... <laughs> Speaking of guys possibly on the move, um, Barcelona has gotten in touch with Antoine Griezmann's agent, and they it looks more and more likely that they're willing to pay up the buyout clause of 100 million, I believe, euros um, to bring Antoine Griezmann into Barcelona. Um, and what are your thoughts about this? And what are your thoughts about this in terms of just how this would form this Barcelona team? Because this seems like they're getting a little bit top heavy, don't you think? Uh, I think this is just like this is sign- kind of signals like the end of the Barcelona era that we like we kind of grew up with. Like this is. The official, I would say, end of La Masia era. Uh, Andres Iniesta will be gone. They brought in Coutinho to replace him. They're now going to buy Antoine Griezmann, who, for me, it doesn't really make sense on either side because Griezmann, we've seen, plays best as kind of like a false nine behind the main striker. Um Barcelona typically play in a 4-3-3 where it's a striker, two wingers, Messi doing whatever he wants from the right side. Uh, Coutinho will be the Iniesta replacement likely in midfield, so he's fine there. Uh, but what happens to Usman Dembele, like the guy you spent a near world record fee for? Like it, this, this to me signals a lack of faith in him because Luis Suarez is probably not going to lose his spot. He's one of the best, if not the best striker in the world uh, top three I would say Uh, and still even though he didn't have his best season he's still one of the best strikers in the world Um, and I don't think Griezmann is going to replace him there Uh, it would probably be him coming for Dembele's spot and this just to me it signals a lack of faith in him and I know from the other side of it you want to have like four attackers probably top class attackers if you're going to mount a challenge on Champions League you want that kind of depth, but it's just weird to me that them. I mean, Griezmann is the player that they pick because it doesn't. He it doesn't seem like he fits. And from his point of view, he's not a guaranteed starter, really. I don't think. And I mean, maybe he is, but he also just doesn't really seem to fit there. It just it's weird to me all around, and it just it seems like Barcelona are now like what their fans claim to hate, like the Real Madrid go out and just buy their teams instead of building them. But uh, like, it's like the Spider-Man meme, like they're just pointing at each other. Like they're the same thing now. Like, I don't, I don't see how any Barcelona fan could argue that they're different. It's true. Juan? Yeah. When I, when I heard about this, the first question I asked myself was just Why? I mean, I, I was so dumbfounded. I couldn't help but just sit there and say, why? And so, from from one angle, okay, Griezmann knows La Liga. 
he's shown that he's successful in this league. So if what you're trying to do is build an empire to just rule La Liga, I could see how that makes sense if, if you just look at that one piece of criteria. But I'm going to put it this way. If I'm a coach, I don't care if Luis Suarez had one of his less productive years. If I'm a coach and there's an important game, a must-win game, I'm taking Luis Suarez any day of the week over Griezmann, over most people. The other thing, you know, uh, you know, Griezmann has only won two trophies in his, his quote-unquote professional career. It's an under-19 Euros and a uh, it's like with Sociedad, he won like a League Cup trophy. He's well, lost. Two finals with Atletico. Yep. Not saying it's his fault. Not just saying. I'm literally just saying facts. Lost two finals with Atletico and one with France. He has only won two trophies. Uh, the, just the saying other thing, facts. Not saying that is all any of his fault. Just <laughs> these are just facts that I just presented to you. I bet you just sipped a sipped your tea after you did that too. <laughs> no, but right before I said that back to you, I did sit my wine. <laughs> Go ahead, wine, if you want more. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, when I think about uh, Dembele, if I'm in his shoes, what I'm thinking to myself is, you guys signed me as a young player. You saw a lot of potential in me. And by bringing in Griezmann, what you're telling me is that you're not going to have the patience that you need to really bring the best out of me. That's what I would take if I was him. I think that ultimately someone's going to have to sacrifice a ton. We don't know who it's going to be yet, but I feel for the young guy. I feel for Dembele. I, I just, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm so dumbfounded by the decision to do this. You just brought in Coutinho. Unless Messi's sitting in the background saying, guys, I want to start playing fewer minutes. If Messi was sitting there saying, I want to play fewer minutes, I, I need a little more rest this season, let's extend my career, maybe I'll get it a little more. But this particular move, I don't think solves Barcelona's issues. Um, I think that they need a little more of a, an enforcer in there. I think they need someone that can, someone with, with, with balls, you know, that can run that midfield and just say, today, there's urgency. We need to win. Someone that can really lift the team up. And Griezmann doesn't strike me as a guy that can do that. I don't understand this I, uh, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, I've heard that they're like thinking of pulling out of the Arthur deal from Gremio. And like, I, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on that kid, but like I've seen him play a few times. And if they pull out of that deal, it would be like to the proportions I think of them like pulling out of the Asensio deal. Yep. Which, by the way, Asensio should be a Barcelona player. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this goes to show you how inept this Barcelona board is. I mean, they've always been this inept. I don't so, mean to be like a. I don't mean like a, to be the, the cross sport guy for right now, but like they do kind of treat 
Messi, like LeBron, they have actually gotten him way more help. And it, I hate again crossing sports, but like sometimes they just refuse to get him the help that he needs, and they just keep he just keeps rescuing them because he's Messi. Yep. And I want to point one more thing out. People forget Messi's best. He's his two best friends in life seem to be Cesc Fabregas and Luis Suarez. So. If you think bringing in Griezmann and starting to cut back on Suarez's minutes is going to happen, good luck with that. Because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a, a big guy in there called Little Lionel Messi who's going to be like, the hell is going on? My boy's playing, no matter what. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure Suarez is going to want to bite somebody also. Yeah? No? Maybe? Hey, man, I mean... Probably. Well, maybe that's what they're doing. They're, they want to hit the headlines. Maybe they're telling Suarez, go do some crazy shit. And it's okay if you get suspended for half the season. We'll have Griezmann here, so it's cool. Maybe they, maybe it just is like a, a smart long-term play because Pistoletto is getting older. He can't maybe play the same minutes he could before. Maybe they'll just and because Griezmann like, from the positive side of things, I've, I've been just looking at this purely negatively. But from the positive side of things, Griezmann can play anywhere across that front three. So, yeah. if anyone goes down injured, I mean, obviously, Usman Dembele missed half the season injured. So, there has to be an insurance policy for that. If Pistoletto goes down injured, if he's unfit, if he starts hitting the Uruguayan stake, like, pretty hard, <laughs> uh, Griezmann can step in. If, God forbid, Leo Messi goes down injured, he can step into that and be more of the playmaker role. So, yes, there's a possibility that this makes sense. And like you said, Juan, when we first started, like, very well, this could work out great. He could fit in the team perfectly. It just, even if it does work out perfectly, side note, there's basketball on, and it's very good basketball. This is true. I'm going to continue. Uh <laughs> but like it just again for me it just and whether or not this is a positive or negative for Barcelona fans I don't know for me if I was a Barcelona fan it would be a big negative uh, this is an end of the Barcelona era like Andres Iniesta is gone but instead of someone like from La Masia stepping in who was groomed there who was the next one to, to take take over from him or like someone from their academy coming up stepping up to be the next player um also is the academy era period over is that a discussion we should have like is anyone gonna bring a homegrown player through uh but like i think this is this the end of barcelona which is sad to me like as a general fan of the game it's sad to me like, is the Academy era just over? Like, when was the last time we saw an Academy player really brought through? Uh, and, like, what do we classify as Academy yeah. players, I wonder? Yeah. Who's the last player you can think of off the top of your head? <sighs> At, like, a big club, I mean. Big club. Okay, gotta think of... Uh, Scott Academy player? Is it Mark, what, Rashford? Is it Marcus Rashford once? Rashford. Rashford, yeah, Rashford would be probably be the biggest one I can think of right now. Rashford, uh, Deli Ali is not no. no. Uh, Where did Rabio come through from? Rabio, uh, Rabio might be one. Huh? Who called? I might be one. 
Might be. Hey, where's this cat from? Think think about that. Rebio think of career twenty ten. Yeah, he 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 came well he wasn't all the way there, but like from the age of fifteen he was at PSG. So I'm counting Rabio. Um Harry Kane would be counted. Harry Kane's one, right? Yep. He he's one of their own. Like Yeah, Harry Kane's yeah, yeah. He is one of their own. Yeah, Harry Kane. Alright, so he counts. Uh, but you know, I mean, in general, like I was saying, I don't like. I don't think we see many of them. But Barcelona was kind of supposed to be the last bastion of the the academy. Like they talk about La Masia, like it's the like most treasured uh, soccer jewel in existence. But mm-hmm. it's not right now. No. Nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To answer your question about is this a in the academy era, I, I think so because obviously you're not going to have a lot of a lot of patience with these managers. Now we'll see what happens with Pep and City because he's just on year number two in this, and maybe some of those younger players are about to come up. Maybe maybe we can see at least a resurgence at least on that end. But in terms of trusting your academy players I don't think there's going to be that many other teams doing that because A you might not be there for like 2 or 3 years so what what, what do you care about that and B I mean it, it takes a lot of time for them to actually grow and you're just going to try to get the, the best players now heading over to England um Arson Winger had his final match at the Emirates on Sunday after they defeated Burnley, who's probably on vacation right now or making reservations for a vacation. Um, the Gunners won 5 0. And it, it was a beautiful ceremony. Um, you know, they, they had all the Arsenal players come out and form a Garner honor, and Arson spoke his last words. It was. It was a beautiful scene. If you guys want to talk about it, you can a little later. But um, now there have been rumblings that um, Allegra of Juventus might head up the charge and might become Arsenal manager. And I think there's a lot of Arsenal fans. I, I was watching Arsenal fan TV to see if anybody was going to be actually upset after their loss against Leicester today. But they, they're kind of all in agreement that Allegra should be the man to head the charge, at least be more organized, um, be more disciplined defensively, and you know, shake shake some of those tables that are, that might be needed. Because we saw that he's done that with Diabala um, over this past year, so maybe he can do that with uh, Ozil, who's kind of flaky on occasion. Um, and this is your team. This is one of your teams. God bless you on that. Um, what do you think about Allegri? Possibly coming in because this actually might affect you twofold with him leaving Juventus. But what do you think about that? Or if you have another option as manager, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think, first of all, I think he would do well at Arsenal. But, like, I got some flack on Twitter when I said that I'd like Diego Simeone to be the Arsenal manager. Uh, because there are 
people were like, oh, he's too defensive for Arsenal. He's completely different style. And, like, okay, Max Allegri is not much different, to be honest. <laughs> like, Juve fans, there's, like, a, a strong faction of Juve fans who want him out because he is defensive and cautious when it comes to crunch time matches. Um, he is an incredibly talented and smart tactically manager. But when it comes to playing like beautifully, when he when like he is a more cautious type of manager. Like that's his he's cautious caution first. And like he did unleash like the the Manjukas on the left, Iguain, Dybala. He unleashed that lineup, but when it comes down to it, when it's like at his core, he is a very cautious manager. And I don't most I think Arsenal fans that want Allegri don't no, but I would I would venture I guess ninety five percent of them just don't know him much at all, and have probably seen you play like a couple times and seen them play well, like seen them come back in Champions League and seen them do well. But I don't think most Arsenal fans, if they saw Juve play on a regular basis, would want him as their manager. But I again, I think he'd do well as Arsenal manager. Like England is a much less tactical league. He is very technically tactically flexible with money to buy good players at Arsenal and strengthening that team. I think you do well, but I don't think that's what they want. <laughs> I t- totally 100% agree with you on that, which is why I was really surprised when I saw that he was kind of leading candidate up now. It's for exactly what you said. He's not a coach that's exhibited at any point that he's going to play a the brand of soccer or football that Arsenal fans are used to that Wenger gave them in in Arsenal's best years. So, I mean, he's a good coach. He's a strong coach. I think that he can bring. To reiterate what was also said before, uh, with with Dre, I think he can bring the mental side of the game that Arsenal players seem to have been lacking for years now. And yeah, that's great. But I don't, I don't know that he's going to have them playing the brand of we're going to possess, we're going to attack, it's going to look beautiful. That's not his thing. Now, is, is he the type of coach that can fire a team up and get them ready for war and battle their way into a top four spot? He's shown that he can do that. So if that's what Arsenal fans want, fine. But Simeone can do that too. And Simeone, in my opinion, has had some very, very good players at his disposal that he's used very well to reach the finals, to reach the levels that he's reached at Atletico Madrid. So, in my mind, I still think that Simeone was the man for the job. Uh, I also think having... And also... Sorry, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. Like, if they're for the Arsenal ideal, I think it'd be Monaco's manager, Jardine. Like, he does really well with the young players. He plays an extremely attacking, proactive style of play. Like, he's shown he can do well in cup competitions. He would be the guy I would pick. But, sorry, go ahead. I mean, I, it's kind of what I mentioned, I think, maybe last week. I, I think Arsenal needs a coach who can take some of the spotlight away from the players because of what the media is like in England. 
I think Simeone's stepping in there. This is a guy that doesn't care if he's front page. He can handle that heat. He's going to go in. He's going to fire his players up. And it's kind of, I think he's able to create a buffer between the scrutiny that you deal with in England as a, as a soccer player and then the effect that that has on your performance on the pitch. And he kind of knows how to straddle both. So that's why, to me, he was leading candidate. Also, selfishly, I think seeing him, Mourinho, and if Antonio Conte <laughs> sticks around, Conte, having those three guys in the same league is just fireworks. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I'm a little confused as well. You know, if, if Arsenal fans weren't crazy about Simeone because of the way he chooses to play the game, confused on why they think Allegri's going to be better i just don't i i think they saw what happened um in their europa league tie where he got himself sent off and maybe they're maybe they're not enthused about that now i think that's stupid i think that's a stupid reason to decide you don't want that as a manager but like you guys have said if they really want allegra so badly um I think Simeone is a better version of it, and I think he's going to get a lot out of not only the players, he's going to get a lot out of the fans, too, because he wants to make sure everybody's involved. Legrip, he's going to get what he wants out of the team. He's going to be, you know, machine-like in the way he acts. Now, he does get get a little volatile. I've seen that a couple times, but, you know, you got a guy like Simeone who's going to go run up and down, his coaching box and make sure the fans are up and ready to go. It's not going to be like it was this past year for Arsenal in terms of that. So, and I'm always in the like, you just need to get, I think you need to just get the best qualified candidate because you're still replacing the legend no matter how faded his Sean Arson's gotten. Um, you're still replacing that. So, you need a guy that comes in for three, four years, gets rid of dead weight, brings in decent players, and see how that goes. And I think Simeone can be that guy. Yeah, it'd be interesting if we found out that Simeone you know, doesn't want anything to do with the job because he feels that the team is too soft and the overhaul would be too big. Yeah. And he probably likes... Being Atletico, that's it. Seems like he, it seems like we we thought a couple of years ago he'd probably be leaving, but it seems like he's only leaving for a few opportunities, which we might have no idea about. Um, we talked about Conte a little bit, Antonio Conte. Um, his side, his side is looking least likely of getting into the top four, especially after their. Sunday match against Liverpool where they won 1-0 where they, they they had themselves opportunity to get themselves back into it but they drew with Huddersfield 1-1 on Wednesday night. Shout out to Huddersfield. They're, they're safe and I heard that instead of flying back home they took a coach so they can go and drink and probably sing songs all through the night. They're probably going to be wasting until Sunday, so shout out to them. But 
back to Chelsea and back to Antonio Conte. He's made some weird decisions over this past year. Um, he's had this bad attitude. It seems like he does not want to be there. He's questioned the transfer policy. Um, and there have been rum rumors that Sorry of Napoli might um, go over to Chelsea. Um, but also, are we are we absolutely sure that Conte's going to leave? Because it seems like Conte is not leaving unless he gets all his money. All his money? All his money. And so it seems like Chelsea's board and Conte are probably going to play a game of chicken to see who blinks first. Juan, I wonder who blinks first and is Conte actually going to leave? And if he does leave, who would be your guy for that job? I'm really glad you brought that up because if you'd asked me this question two months ago, he's leaving. I don't think he's leaving though. I just, I mean, maybe it's mainly because I, I, we don't hear anyone in the news these days that they're talking about. I don't, I don't hear the media talking about, Oh, Chelsea's courting so-and-so to take over the job. Um, who would want the job right now? I think that between Mourinho and Conte, they have turned that into a... And, and Abramovich. Let's not leave him out of this because he definitely plays a role in all of it. Yep. They've turned it into a... What seems to be pretty clearly undesirable place to want to coach. Like, if I'm a coach, I'm not thinking Chelsea's a good place to go. Especially, especially when you know that big names are most likely on their way out. You know, if I know that I'm keeping Hazard... If I know that Thibaut Courtois isn't unhappy and talking about wanting to move back to Spain to be closer to his kid, maybe, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know who would want to take the job right now. So I don't have an answer for you on who's a good candidate for that job because I legitimately don't know who's a good candidate for that job right now. And I don't think Conte's leaving. I could see Conte being kicked out in January next year. Uh, he's gone as hell boy. Uh, and I think it'll be Napoli's manager, Maurizio Sarri. Uh, he's like increasingly piping up over there. Um, and like the links keep getting closer. I keep hearing more and more their name. So, attached to each other so I if I had to put money on it I'm not a betting person but if I had to put money on it I would both put money on Conte leaving and Sadi being the one to replace him. I think if Chelsea are smart they'll kick his ass out I think I do think he needs to go so I think if Chelsea's smart they will on they will tell him ciao yeah the only thing like I said the only thing I could see is them not wanting to give him his money because he made such a huge stink about the transfer policy and just basically sticking his finger at Roman Abramovich. I mean, Mourinho did that a little bit, but he he just went, you know what, bump it. I'm not I'm not going to do this anymore. Conte's been doing this for the whole entire season, where he's just been saying, yeah, yeah, they didn't give me enough. They they just they didn't do it. So that's the only thing I could see possibly happen. But yeah, 
I'm kind of with you guys. I think he should go. I think that if he doesn't go, he's definitely going to probably lose that entire locker room as it is. So I think it's best for all sides that he just gets out of the way, bring in a manager who can do the job. He has one year left on his contract. I think it's uh, he's like nineteen point. Like twenty nineteen twenty, uh, over two years. So like, factors over two million for Chelsea isn't nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Letting him go, Walker. It's probably not even a full ten million to like actually sack him. But whatever it is, I like. I, I think that little measly fee that it would take to get him out of there. I I'm almost certain that he's gone. Oh, so he, he didn't sign an extension, right? Nope, just a new contract. Got it. Okay. Well, that might that that eases my concerns on that. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. And pretty much the English Premier League's pretty much done and dusted. Have I think Swansea has a small chance, but they have to hope. They have to win and hope that Southampton gets destroyed in their final match for them to survive. But it seems like the teams that are getting relegated are Swansea, West Brom, and Stoke. West Brom and Stoke have already been um, relegated. Shouts out to Darren Moore of West Brom. Black managers, hashtag black managers, for at least doing well and getting manager of the year for April. Um, and shout out to Alan Pardue for being a sorry manager, and hopefully he doesn't get another job in the Premier League, or even a championship for that matter. Um, also, also with that Premier League, I think the last thing is Chelsea, possibly, possibly being able to get the top four spot, but we don't think that's happening. And guys, I think pretty much except for. Aaron being just a little bit nervous. I, I don't think he needs to be nervous anymore about um, the Skidetta race, but I think the season's pretty much done and dusted, yeah? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, the Scudetto is literally I mean, all but mathematically done. Um, and, yeah, I, I can't think of any other Real races. Yep. Trying to think. Oh, championship no. still championship. up for grabs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the, the European spots are between Liverpool, Chelsea. Like we said. Um. All, all it is is cup competitions Tur- in the Champions League and Europa League finals. That's pretty much. That's it. League play is pretty much done. This coming week, this weekend is the last week. And then we just got Champions League and then we're fully into the World Cup prep, which is wild. We're so close. Woo! So close. I know you're excited. I know you're excited. I'd be excited for you. I am, man. I don't, it's, it's wild, man. I, I have no idea where I'm going to be, but I'm excited. Cause it's close. It's so close. <laughs> <laughs> we could smell it. 
with the way a lot of these leagues like, petered out at the end of their seasons, I am really looking forward to the World Cup. Man, I hope we have a good World Cup. I know there's a whole bunch of stuff going around, all of surrounding, swirling around the World Cup because the world is a wild place right now. But I hope the World Cup, I hope the soccer itself is good, and I hope this tournament itself is incident-free. Yep. Knock on wood. I got wooden desk, so yeah. that, uh, Can I ask you guys a, a random question? Go ahead. Hell no. I was I was thinking about this while we were <laughs> talking about teams in England, but could I mean it's not it did not happen, but we were almost in a world. Correct me if I'm wrong. We were almost in a world where if Liverpool wins the Champions League, they could be they could be knocked out of their top four spot. Chelsea could slide in there. But they would still be in Champions League next year. That would be Liverpool. Chelsea would slide in. And if Arsenal hadn't totally screwed up in Europa League, Arsenal could have won that and been in Champions League. Like, Champions League could have been really saturated with Premier League teams for next year. Yeah, that didn't. No. Am I wrong? Someone would still get kicked out. Like, you, I think there's a max of, what is it, five? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about the rules. Maybe we can. Maybe somebody can let us know about that. But yeah, I'm not. That's sure. That's why I'm asking. I mean, this is all hypothetical. It's, it obviously it did not happen. But I was thinking about that, and I was like, could could that have been a real scenario? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, someone gets kicked out. I, I okay. forgot exactly. I, I think the maximum is the Champions League rule with maximum of five. Okay. All right. Never mind. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait. I'm lo- I just looked it up. If both the Champions League title holders and the Europa League title holders were both on the same top three ranked association and finished outside the top four of their domestic league, the fourth place team of their association would be moved to the Europa League. <laughs> the Spurs would have gotten moved down. It would have been Spurs. Damn. Arsenal could have really done a team, a mad team, <laughs> but we would have never. That absolutely not. This is this season is end, ending in the most Arsenal way possible right now. It's sad, but like them losing to Leicester, uh, it, it it's it's just just going out with a whimper, like. I'm very, very grateful. I, I probably, I don't think I've said anything about Arsenal here in a while on this podcast because I haven't been here. But I'll give you my last piece on it. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, I'm very, very, very grateful for to Arsenal Wenger for everything he's done for how he changed the Premier League, how he built Arsenal into what they are, the uh, profile of the club is, the powerhouse that they were or were for a while, uh, and the size of the club. But uh, it. We've, we've said this ad nauseum on this podcast even a few years ago. Like, it was time. Um, I'm glad that it is now time. I hope that... I'm glad that there, there were, he gets to kind of see his roses while he's alive. Uh, I'm glad there wasn't too much bitterness in between him leaving. But it was time. So, time, I'm happy that the club will be able to move forward. Um, messy, I'm saying. And let's keep it pushing. Let's keep it pushing. Um, final topic of the day. 
Um, we heard some rumors that a couple of big name players are possibly heading to the MLS. Um, heard some rumors that Wayne Rooney is possibly was possibly going to DC United, and also um, Fernando Torres um, is negotiating, trying to negotiate a deal to head to the Chicago Fire. Um, guys, we we've seen a couple of things happen with the MLS. You know, especially with teams going more South American, more younger South American players, and bringing in bringing in those players from South and Central America to enhance the league and make the league better. Um, but there's still a draw to bring in those big name players like Ibrahimovic, and these two possibly coming in that that might help at least you know make the image in Europe. Make at least people want to watch. Guys, if, if both of these things happen, or even just one of them happening, um, what do you think that the impact of it will be? Uh, uh, I think yeah, they're bad moves for everyone involved. <laughs> uh, um, Wayne Rooney may be kind of a draw as a name. Yeah, I mean, he will be a draw initially, but with his current fitness... His current athletic levels. Uh, technically, is still a very good player, uh, but MLS is a physical league, and he is. I do not see him doing well in MLS at all, especially not if he goes to like a DC. Imagine Wayne Rooney in DC in the summer. <laughs> that's all. Like I was about in the going to be my. That's all that was going to be my point. Was I want to see him in the like summer? If he's, going, if he's joining MLS, DC. Yeah, I want to see him play in Seattle in that turf. <laughs> and then, like on the on the other side of it, like Fernando Torres is like he's not really a draw for me to watch anymore. I thought Fernando Torres was a great player when he was at Atletia the first time when he went to Liverpool. Um, he wasn't great at Chelsea. He was good again at Atletia, but not like oh Fernando Torres is playing. Let me turn on the TV and watch this man play. I don't see him being that much of a crowd drawer. At, in MLS, I think he'll do well. I think he'll score a good number of goals. Probably he's still got, he's still good. He's still decently athletic, and like I think he's professional enough that he'd stay in shape and probably do well. But I think with the salary he demand and like the fact that like this, it, it just optically, I don't think it's good. So it I don't think so. Right. I don't think so either. I I agree. I think that. I think of Fernando Torres as like a consummate professional. So I think if he joined the MLS, he would take it seriously. Physically, mentally, he would be committed to the season. Um, I think it would also be a reminder of the level that these guys that play in Europe are really at. I think you would watch him play and think to yourself, wow, this is a guy who hasn't been uh, a shadow of what he used to be for a while now. But look at how well he's still doing in the MLS. Holy cow, these guys are still that good. Um, but the MLS is different. The travel is that I always hit on the travel. The one thing that these players are not used to, and I'll leave out humidity, is the travel. They're not used to six-hour flights, red eyes, time zone changes. These, these things really throw them off. Their bodies don't know how to recover after these, these trips and, and the grind. Nine, nine private flights. 
yep. sitting yeah. with normal yep. people. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe in coach, probably not coach, but still. But still. <laughs> also, I uh, a way better person than she could have for Mario Balotelli. I agree. I also going to Dwayne Rooney. I I think Dwayne Rooney being in DC for the weather that's one point, but also I don't think that DC is a big enough market to motivate this guy to play. So if you want to see Wayne Rooney do well, I think he's got to be in one of the bigger markets, bigger cities. But even then, if what you want to do is see a guy that can strike a beautiful seventy-yard ball on tar, you know, right on a dime and you want to see a guy who's first touch he's a smart player people forget Wayne Rooney was really freaking good he was really smart but you're not going to get a guy that's taking defenders on who's running by guys who's getting up and down the field I think it's a bad look for the MLS for both players if you're going to gamble I'd say gamble with Fernando Torres but even then I don't see how this helps the image of the MLS in terms of the the way that the MLS says they want to grow as a league, this to me doesn't fit what they're saying. So either they're lying to us, and really they're just trying to sell jerseys and get a few more people in the stands, or they're actually trying to move the league in a different direction, in which case I don't think these players are the right move. But I'll let you go on Balotelli, because I think there's a lot to be said about that. I, I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't need to like go into deep thing with Balotelli, but like he's young, he's 27, 28. Uh, I think in a city like DC or Atlanta, probably not because they are very good strikers. But in terms of play, like on the pitch, uh, I just don't think it makes sense. But DC need a star, and in South City, like it's a big city, but it's also I think the profile of that city would fit him well. It's good enough for him that he could probably get lost nice enough. I mean, well enough for him to just have a an, a nice life in the DC area. Uh, and in terms of just on field, like Balo would absolutely dazzle the league, and he would be a fan favorite from jump. And I think him being in this country would be amazing and amazing for the league. So I would love to see Balo. Like I think, I mean, in terms of just aesthetic, him in Atlanta would be absurd. But DC would probably be second best. And will so in conclusion, Wayne Rooney, no, Torres, eh, but not really. Mario Balotelli, let's bring him on board. Is that in conclusion? That's what we want. Yeah, I'll, I'll yes. throw this I'll out there. Yes. Balotelli has the money to really enjoy L.A. I. I think at this point, though, like, he, I think he's a little bit more mature. He's got, like, his daughter. I think LA I'm not, I want to be, like, I'm not trying to be his life coach, but <laughs> for, for Ballo and, like, for what he's been through and for what probably has to be, not be where he wants to go. <laughs> All right. And we will end it on that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the TS1 podcast. Thank you for listening. You can find me, Andre Schroard, at AHT4005. You can find Juan at... Batman the Duke. 
and and every everybody knows Aaron, so I, I don't even think we need, we need to give his Twitter handle. He is verified, so I should actually be more jealous about that and say unverified Aaron. But that's a totally different podcast altogether. And where where can they find you? <laughs> where can they find you on Twitter or just in general? Because you're doing big things now, big timer, big boy. Uh. <laughs> oh man! You can find me at a a west a y y y underscore west, and you can find most pretty much everything else, and pretty much everything I do, having this podcast on at Copa ninety us on across all platforms: Insta, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Copa ninety is. Just Copa 90 on Facebook. We have one global page. But Copa 90 US for everything else. Uh, I mean, I just also want to quickly take the time to shout both the I appreciate you boys having me back. It's good to be back, keeping this going, and I will pop back in as much as I can. Uh, love you, boys. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, love you too. It's good for you to be back, my man. Um, yeah, you can find us on iTunes. We're brothers. <laughs> we're happy and we're talking and we're calling. Give me your TS one. Hey. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I should say the rest of this. Any, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, just search TS1 Network, and you should be able to find us on those things. Um, for Aaron West and Juan Duque, I'm Andre Sherrard, TS1 Podcast. We're out.